Hello, everybody, and welcome to the pilot episode of Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears review show where we're going to go through the Bears game of the week, talk about what went well, what didn't go well, and general headlines surrounding the contest. I'm Robert Schmitz. I'm a Dallas native, Dallas, Texas, but I've been a Bears fan for the last 12 years uh, due to my dad, Kenan Schmitz, uh, and our great-grandfather, Clarence Schmitz, played for the team back in the 1920s, uh, and we've been fans ever since. Absolutely rabid. So getting into this week's contest where the Chicago Bears took on the New York Jets, you know, the game didn't give us a ton to talk about, but we're going to go ahead and find things to talk about anyways. First and foremost, how long has it been since the Bears so took care of an opponent that didn't outright suck? As we all know, the Bears have kind of been in the cellar for quite some time, and generally speaking, the team only got to come out uh, when they were playing the Browns or the Jets or the Bills or some other bad team. That's when we got to see our team, the beloved Chicago Bears, actually roll out and play a good game. It was when the other team lining up across from us was also hoping for maybe six wins on the year. But this team, the New York Jets, was 3-4 and four coming into the game, and they've probably got three more wins left on their schedule, if you really take a look at it. Uh, and the Bears so clobbered them that it really was barely a contest. I mean, this was a game where... If you want my opinion, Mitch Trubisky didn't play particularly well. Uh, the offense was missing Allen Robinson. The defense was missing Khalil Mack. And yet the Jets were really only able to muster one drive of offense that actually mattered. And it was predicated predominantly off of two big defensive mistakes being Eddie Jackson's really, 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 really bad penalty and Kyle Fuller's not so awesome interception jump. So... If you ask me, the best takeaway from this game is that the Bears have finally gotten good enough to win games off the back of their sheer talent and coaching rather than just hoping to really grind one out, which is all we've gotten to see over the past bunch of years. Game ends 10-24, to a couple of relevant stats that we'll be discussing. Mitch Trubisky goes 16 for 29 with 220 yards, two touchdowns. Tariq Cohen eclipses 100 yards again, this time with 110, 40 on the ground, 70 through the air. Taylor Gabriel picks up another 50 yards. Josh Bellamy gets his hand on four balls for 37. And Jordan Howard ends up with one of his best rushing performances of the year with 81 yards, which is certainly a change for him. But diving into it, let's talk about Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel, and the Dangerous Bear offense. So Cohen, in particular, through seven games, has about 500 combined yards, which, if you ask me, is about as good as you're going to get from a fourth-round running back. He's been electric, he's fun to watch, but more importantly, he adds a speed dynamic that the Bears offense has been lacking for the last probably five years or so, certainly ever since Marshall and Jeffrey left. Um, or, frankly, when they were here, we were never a particularly fast team. He's already managing to eclipse last year's receiving numbers, and he's running better than last year, uh, looking at a 4.8 yard per carry clip compared to 4.3. Certainly still looks like he's going to make a yearly habit out of making some dumb play on special teams. In this case, he touched a ball that was absolutely down, should have stayed down, but hey, Tariq Cohen's going to do what Tariq Cohen's going to do, you know? And so thankfully he fell on it and it didn't end up costing the Bears, but... He's been fun to watch. Uh, certainly this time, he took a screen pass all the way to the house by himself, which is great to see out of the Bears. It was very reminiscent of the Rams game back when the Rams were bad two years ago, where Zach Miller and 
Jordan Howard took passes all the way to the house. Great to see that out of the Nagy offense. We've heard a lot about its quick strike potential. So to see them march down the field with three plays was awesome in that frame. Taylor Gabriel has also looked like the signing that Ryan Pace certainly hoped he would be and a better signing than many fans thought that he would be uh, given that he is currently the team's leading receiver. At the moment, he looks to be headed towards a 600 to 800-yard receiving season, which would be a career high for him. And obviously, when you sign a guy to the money that the Bears did, uh, you're hoping for career highs every single year. This Bears offense has been much, much better uh, than offenses of years past. And certainly when you watch the receivers running their routes, you can see it because they're open and that's new. It is amazing when you look at the Loggins offense that we've been through, the John Fox stuff, the Tressman offense, how often we had uh, offenses where these receivers just weren't getting open. Obviously, that's going to be hard on any quarterback. But thankfully, our golden goose, Mitchell Trubisky, has struck gold and landed in the Mac Nagy offense where, I swear, it seems like there's one, if not two, receivers open on any given down. This is great for us to watch as Bears fans because it means we get to see an actual passing attack instead of just watching them get played against us and our defense get victimized from them. I know I, for one, am much happier watching us employ one of these things than watching other teams just beat down on us with them. Speaking of Mitch Trubisky, I don't I don't personally think he played all that well. I know this isn't how stats work, but if you do remove the 70-yard lob of a screen pass to Tariq Cohen, the guy had about 150 yards, which obviously isn't what you want to see from a franchise quarterback. A couple of throws stuck out to me that he left on the field, namely a deep one to Taylor Gabriel, a couple to Anthony Miller that he just flat out missed. There was a ball to Bellamy that could have been placed much, much, much better. But hey, this is stuff that we've seen, and it's stuff that we probably will see going forward. Of course, I hope he cleans up his footwork and gets a little bit better, but I'll be the first to say that I am starting to worry about Trubisky's accuracy overall because, as we're seeing with guys like Jameis Winston, when you have accuracy issues early in your time in the league, they don't usually fix themselves. You're either accurate or you aren't. Uh, In Trubisky's case, a whole lot of it comes down to being super, 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 super raw and He's got a lot of talent. He's one of the best movers in the NFL at the moment in terms of just raw speed and athleticism. It's not an accident that he's leading the Bears in rushing this year. Uh, He's really fast. He's really athletic, and he knows how to move his feet. With that said, of course, I know I, as a purist, would like to see him play a little bit more quarterback, especially with weapons like Miller, Gabriel, Robinson, Burton, and the others that could use their touches and could go make plays for him. I'm hoping he can get the ball into their hands. At this point, though, knowing what Mitch is, I'm getting the impression that Matt Nagy is such a good play caller, so consistent, so creative, that he's going to be able to take this package that Mitch Trubisky brings of a very athletic quarterback that can throw the ball and isn't very good at making reads and can design an offensive structure that's going to be able to churn out somewhere between the 24 points that we saw today and the 31 points that we saw against New England. And given what I know us fans are hoping that our defense is going to be for the rest of the year, I tend to think that that's enough. 
And it's certainly a great place to start at this 2018-2019 season where we build for next year and continue to gather pieces around Trubisky. But even for this year, I do think that this offense has shown over the last seven games that it can produce where it needs to produce and that we shouldn't have issues scoring points. How many points could we score is a different question. But we will score points. We will score enough points as long as Trubisky brings a B, B-plus level game. Of course, if he's if he's just eyes on fire, like with Tampa Bay, we'll see him put up absolutely asinine numbers. This is an offense that can get him six, seven, eight touchdown passes if he's really firing on all cylinders. We saw that against Tampa Bay. But I don't think he's going to be hitting on all those cylinders every single game. I just don't think that's realistic to expect from him what we've seen now. The Tampa Bay game is looking more like an outlier than the rule, but that doesn't mean that he's bad. It doesn't mean he's a bust. It just means that he might not be the guy that I know a lot of fans want him to be where he's an Aaron Rodgers clone, the Bears next savior, and a top 10 quarterback for years to come. We'll see. I really hope he proves me wrong. But it looks to me like he's leaving too many plays on the field that just shouldn't be left out there, whether it's a terrible throw or a bad read. And some of that can be fixed, but I doubt all of it will be fixed as his career progresses. Ultimately, though, keeping the microscope on this game against the Jets, I think Trubisky brought enough to the table. We scored 24 points. A lot of it was quarterback-led. He had a couple nice throws, a bullet to Miller uh, that went for about 13 yards, and then, of course, the throw to Miller in the end zone uh, were both nice throws in particular. He had a couple other throws that were either slightly behind receivers, hit almost hit the ground or the like, but we see those all the time. He did end up leading the offense down the field, of course, for 24 points I think the points on the board is the stat that has to matter the most in the end and it was enough today Uh, it should be enough against the Bills next week all things considered but as long as Trubisky can keep staying in that 24 plus wheelhouse of points I'll take all the mistakes that he can bring he's the best Bears quarterback on the roster and that of course makes me one of his biggest fans. So, of course, we know the game of football isn't just played on the offensive end, it's also played on the defensive end. And today we had the rare opportunity of getting to see what the defense would have looked like if the Khalil Mack trade had not happened. And frankly, we actually saw the defense that a lot of people predicted we would see. We saw a defense that was fairly suffocating when it came to the run, limiting the Jets to about 67 yards uh, on about 20 carries over the rest of the day, which is really great from a defense, especially when you're facing a young quarterback like Sam Darnold. And then, of course, the secondary also played really well because we had a feeling that they were going to be pretty good themselves coming into the season. Bryce Callahan, in particular, shone really, really well to me. This was a guy who's the nickel corner, so you're not asking for the world from him, but get this, Bryce Callahan actually led the team today in sacks, tackles for loss, quarterback hits, and passes defense. I mean, this is a guy who's playing the nickel corner position. That's absolutely astounding. And it's as much an indictment on our current pass rush as it is a testament to how well Callahan's playing because we're, of course, seeing that he can disguise the nickel blitz really, 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 really well, and he's catching teams with it every single week. Uh... 
Speaking of that pass rush, it certainly looks like the Khalil Mack trade was an absolute necessity for the Bears this season, because at least based on what I'm seeing, it looks like this is a pass rush. They can get a fair amount of hurries. They certainly push Darnold out of the pocket a whole lot, especially late in the game where you could make the argument it really counted. They consistently had Darnold shifting right uh, and throwing out of bounds. The problem is that without somebody like Mack, this team just is not going to finish too many plays when it comes to quarterback pressure. Uh, The Bears had one sack this game for three yards, and as we know, they didn't have any in the Patriots game or the Miami game. Now, whatever you think about Max's injury, for the sake of this discussion, we're just going to assume that he's been hurt since the bye week. So that means that with a healthy Mac, these Bears were leading the NFL in sacks, in pressures, and in quarterback hitting. But with a unhealthy Mac or a Mac that isn't on the field, they've got one sack in three games. So you do the math in terms of how much more effective Khalil Mac makes this defense. I think he's the secret sauce. He's the special ingredient that's going to make this defense elite. And if he's not on the field, they're just going to be okay, which was good enough today. I mean, that was good enough. We're talking about the Sam Darnold led New York Jets, a team that beat the Lions, a team that isn't terrible in its own right, but is certainly not turning anybody's heads as far as being some legitimate contender. Uh, So it was nice to see the defense go out there and take care of business. Speaking for a second on the Eddie Jackson hit, I don't have any idea what he was thinking, uh, because it certainly looked to me like it was just kind of flagrant, almost as if Jackson and the rest of the team were so high on themselves, that they were so excited about what they were doing, that he figured he could just give them 15 yards and it wouldn't affect the team. I mean, that's what the body language of the hit looked like. We can tell that he saw uh, the receiver, but hey, at the end of the day, we won the game. That's the sort of thing that you try to coach out of your guys afterwards and in the film room. You try to let Vic Fangio handle this and make sure it doesn't happen again. But we did take home the win, so it's hard to be too upset over little things like that. Ultimately, this defense gave up 10 points to a not-so-great team, which was much, much better than giving up 31 points to the Dolphins and 38 points to the Patriots. I'll take 10 points any week. Uh, I hope Matt gets better. He's great. But if he has to sit out next week against the Bills, uh, guys, I think we're going to be okay. So moving on to special teams to just cover the final third phase of the game, I thought O'Donnell played fine. It's always great when you don't notice your punter, and I, for one, did not notice our punter today. But Cody Parkey did miss an early kick, and the guys got me worried. I mean, this team is well and truly cursed after the cutting of Robbie Gould, which made sense to me at the time. He didn't look like he still had it, and now he's kicking like an otherworldly being in San Francisco while the Bears can't find a kicker that can make a reliable kick. I mean, how many other teams have gone out and found a random kicker off the street that turns out to be Chris Boswell? How many times have people found a reliable solution for three to five years now out of absolutely nowhere, and the Bears now have three million tied up in the kicking position, and they can't make kicks consistently? He is... He's 11 for 14 on the year. Of course, I hope that improves. I think it has the chance to improve, but he hasn't exactly shown us some kind of erratic, crazy, like, I can make the long one, I'm just not making it now tendency. He kind of looks like he is who he is and that he is going to be a kicker that's going to struggle from 40-plus, which is too bad because this offense seems to be really, really good at getting to that outside field goal range, uh, but getting past that is where it starts to struggle. 
But yeah, outside of picking those nits, I mean, this was a great Bears win. Once again, this was a team that just looked like it outclassed uh, its opponent. We're talking about like the senior year older brother facing his seventh grade younger brother. I mean, this was just not a fair football game in terms of the talent levels that lined up on each side of the field. And that's what you want to see from a playoff hopeful. They just looked like they were in a different tier than the Jets. And that's that's the strongest takeaway we can have. They march into Buffalo next week. We hope to see big things from our beloved. Hopefully they fix up a couple more issues, take some time for guys to get healthy. Uh, speaking of health, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Kyle Long. That, that hurts. I hear uh, from reports on Windy City Gridiron that, that he was on crutches in the locker room after the game. That's not a good thing to hear, especially considering that he actually ended up filling that right guard hole pretty admirably, especially given from all the injuries that we know he was coming back from. Uh, of course, we hope that Eric Cush or whoever fills the spot can fill it well. Uh, get well soon, Kyle Long. We could use you back on the field as soon as possible, but if you have to wait for meaningful December or January, take the time you need, come back strong, and we hope you play great football. Taking a quick tour around other happenings in the league, uh, we had the Eagles defeating the Jaguars 24-18 to in London, uh, which is nice for the Eagles, not only because it helps them write their season a little bit, but because of Malcolm Jenkins' comments about Blake Bortles and the fact that he got to back them up. It's always embarrassing when one of your players makes a strong standard comment and then you lose, so kudos to the Eagles for backing it up. We had the Broncos falling to the Chiefs 23-30. to Pat Mahomes keeps up his great play, throws another interception, whatever. They get the win, 30 points, and it never really looked in doubt, especially with a particularly sad Brandon McManus onside kick attempt at the end. Baker Mayfield and the Browns lost 18-33 to to the Steelers after that awful synagogue shooting that happened the other day. So kudos to Pittsburgh for bowing up and really going out and finding a win for their community. Baker Mayfield, of course, had the privilege of learning what it's like to lose to the Steelers, and I tend to think that that'll happen certainly a few more times over the course of his career. The Redskins edge out the Giants 20-13 to in a game that, while it appears closer than it should have been, given that the Giants aren't very good, when you think about Alex Smith being the quarterback, that's not too surprising. Adrian Peterson, on the other hand, certainly had a renaissance of a performance running for 149 yards in a score, which was something that, I'll tell you, uh, I mean, even three years ago, I never would have thought that he'd still be going at the rate that he's going today. The Seahawks thump the Lions 28-14, to which is great. Uh, it means the Bears get out of last place in the NFC North again. Hopefully the Lions won't be too much of a challenge when we meet them in a couple of weeks. Fitzmagic can't quite lead the Bucks back, losing 34-37. to The story of this one, Jameis Winston throws four interceptions, gets benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who goes on an absolute tear, scoring 18 points in the fourth quarter, uh, almost leads the Buccaneers back. If you want to go see a fun play, go watch Fitzpatrick's two-point conversion and how excited he gets afterwards. That was that was a lot of fun. The Panthers thump the Ravens 36-21, to which is pretty impressive given the way that the Ravens have been playing of late. Uh, certainly it impresses me the way the Panthers have been rolling. I haven't actually followed them all that much, so this certainly puts them on the radar for me. Adam Vinatieri becomes the highest scoring kicker in NFL history as the Indianapolis Colts defeat the Oakland Raiders 42-28. to uh, As Oakland continues this massive fire sale of all their players, I wonder if Derek Carr is going to leave. 
But regardless, it's always fun to see Indianapolis fans get a win. That's a great fan base, uh, and they support Luck, who's been playing pretty darn well this year. Josh Rosen and the Cardinals defeat the 49ers 15-18. to Not much to say here other than a young quarterback playing a team playing its backup quarterback, and he won. That's obviously good news. Uh, moving on, we have the Packers falling to the Rams late, which is great for the Bears. Every loss the Packers can take is a good loss. Uh, kudos to the Rams for making this one happen because I know it got tight late in the game, but hey, they're helping out our beloved. And then, of course, in Sunday's final game, we have the Minnesota Vikings falling 20-30 to to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Kirk Cousins showing us exactly who he is, being a great quarterback in the regular season that has a tendency to throw games away late. I know that's not all on him, and it's not 100% fair, but if you take a look at who he is in his career, it's what he's done. I know Bears fans, we like that, Kirk, so feel free to keep doing that uh, over the rest of the season. That's it for this inaugural episode of Bear With Me. I hope you, in fact, had a decent time. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like. I'm happy to improve this as it goes on. So let me know. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day and bear down.